On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Piagini, and I am your host. In this episode, special guest facilitator Kat Gibson, Vice President of Clinical Services for Hospice of the Piedmont, is joined by Tammy Franklin, Respite Coordinator for the Salisbury VA Medical Center. Together, Kat and Tammy will have a thoughtful discussion about the needs of those caregiving for veterans. They will explore the unique challenges veteran caregivers face due to the cognitive, emotional, and physical distress the veteran may have experienced while serving, talk through practical self-care strategies to help sustain veteran caregivers, and discuss the benefits of connecting with fellow veteran caregivers. Let's listen in. As we celebrate Veterans Day and recognize National Family Caregivers Month, it is the perfect time for us to have you as a guest to discuss the VA and veteran caregiver support. Thanks for being with us today, Tammy. Sure, I'm glad to be here. Uh, to get us started, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your role at the Salisbury VA? I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been employed by the VA for 20 years. I'm also an Army veteran, and I consider working at the VA a privilege, and caring for veterans is a passion. I spent the first nine years of my career working at the VA in the home-based primary care program, where I had the opportunity to work with veterans and their caregivers in their homes. That's something I truly enjoyed. I've also worked in women's health and polytrauma before moving over to the caregiver support program, where I've been for the past seven years. I've worn a lot of hats in the program, starting out as a caregiver support coordinator. I was a supervisor, and I'm in a new position as a respite coordinator. Wow, it sounds like you've really had a lot of opportunity to share um, your uh, passion and work with multiple different areas within the VA I imagine you've had some great information to share and lots of connections with different people across the time frame you've been with the VA. Let's jump right in. Um, I wonder if you could share some insights on the unique challenges and needs that veterans and their families may face when it comes to caregiving. Absolutely. Most veterans have both physical and mental health needs. As compared to the civilian sector, they tend to be sicker and more disabled related to experiences and exposures that they encountered during the time they served. Due to significant improvements in battlefield medicine and rehabilitative treatments, veterans are surviving more catastrophic injuries than they ever had before, and they're returning home faster than before. Veterans experience significant chronic pain issues, muscle skeletal injuries from carrying heavy equipment, falls, blast exposures, and burns. They have mental health issues to include post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injuries, substance abuse, and other mental health disorders. Veterans are also at risk for illnesses such as ALS, Parkinson's, and dementia. And today's veteran family caregivers may be younger, employed, and caring for children in addition to caring for the veteran. The care needs of the veteran may result in financial hardship if the caregiver has to reduce their work hours or leave employment altogether. And also unique to veterans is PTSD and other mental health issues, which can sometimes lead to a situation where the veteran develops trust issues. 
They may not trust anyone except their caregiver, and this can make it really difficult for the caregiver to get breaks or to have someone else help with the caregiving. They may not sleep well at night, frequently have nightmares, or need to check their windows and doors at night, making it difficult for the caregiver to get sleep. Our veteran population experiences a significant array of challenges in their time in the service. As you alluded to, there are a lot of things that they've endured and navigate through even after they come home. Um, many of these things you shared really impact their healthcare needs and as well as their ability or desire to seek healthcare in the first place. It can place limitations or challenges in the caregiver who is often an immediate family member to provide those care services. With all of these challenges that veterans come back with, what resources and services are available for veterans and their caregivers in our community that might help them navigate complex healthcare and benefit systems? Well, connecting veterans to the best care possible as soon as possible is one of the VA top priorities. Support can be accessed through comprehensive social work services, case management, and through their patient-aligned care teams, just to name a few. The Veterans Health Administration also works closely with community partners to assist veterans with access to care. Veterans can apply for VA benefits directly online, or they can come into the VA to a local enrollment and eligibility office. Most VA facilities have a Veterans Services Officer, or what we call a VSO on site, to assist veterans with accessing benefits in addition to VA healthcare services. VSOs are also available at each county government office. There are extensive supportive services available through the Caregiver Support Program. We offer case management and support to caregivers of all veterans. If when they're applying for caregiver support, they're new to the VA altogether, we can make sure they have the information they need for the veteran to get enrolled and assist them with the process to answer questions and be a resource if they encounter any barriers. And VA staff across programs work really well together, communicate directly with each other, providing what we call warm handoffs where um, needed to ensure the continuity of care. If a veteran is on hospice or palliative care, for example, the staff will often reach out to the caregiver support program directly to alert to the hospice and palliative care status so that we can fast track those applications, often within a couple of days. We want to ensure our caregivers receive the support they need so that they can continue in the caregiving role as long as possible. Our veterans and caregivers' goal is to remain at home as long as possible and as safely as possible. And in my opinion, this is one area that I believe the VA performs particularly well. It sounds like you all have an amazing set of resources available, but I think the most important piece is that the veterans themselves need to be connected through the application process you mentioned to get their benefits started through their local VA site. I do have a clarifying question. Um, do they have to have an appointment to come into the VA for that, or are they able to just walk in? Just walk in and see an enrollment and eligibility specialist. It's also it's good to give a call if they can, but people are always ready to assist. And it's helpful if they have their discharge papers in hand. If they don't have that, then they can get support in obtaining that information. And again, that's where the VSOs can be helpful, but they do need to have proof of the service to start receiving those benefits and resources. Great. Thank you so much for clarifying that for us. 
we certainly serve a very diverse community here in the Piedmont Triad. What are some specific programs or initiatives in place to ensure that veterans and their caregivers have access to culturally sensitive and veteran-centric care? Well, Kat, the VA by its very nature is veteran-centric. Like myself, many VA employees are also veterans, and VA employees are of diverse cultural backgrounds. VA provides extensive training on military culture and diversity. One such initiative is our IDEA training, which stands for Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Access. That provides ongoing training for staff related to diversity and inclusion. Another is called our Tour of Duty where veteran employees can provide training to other VA staff on the basics of military and civil service, providing a deeper appreciation of those we serve and fosters a more meaningful connection with a focus on the importance of federal service to our nation. VA offers regular and ongoing opportunities for development in these areas. And in fact, if you walk the halls of any VA, you're definitely gonna see evidence of diversity and military inclusion. When our veterans come to the VA for care, they often come for more than just their health care. They come because of the social connection they receive, the recognition, and feeling like they're with their brothers and sisters. It's something hard to describe, really, unless you've served, the importance of feeling like you belong. And um, I, I experienced that VA culture shift myself directly as a female veteran. When I first walked into a VA back in 1990, I rather felt like I didn't belong. Everything I saw and experienced made me feel like I did not belong, and I walked out without enrolling for care. It wasn't until years later VA culture shifted, and the need to recognize, welcome, and provide appropriate care for female veterans was finally recognized. At that time, I was just one of 5% of female veterans, and that percentage is now over 20%. So the VA is always monitoring and shifting to keep up with the changing demographics of those that we're providing care for. That is so great. Thank you for sharing. Um, you mentioned having this family feel that you're surrounded by your brothers and sisters. And I think being a veteran is a whole different experience. If you've not lived it, you never really fully understand all that a veteran has seen and done or heard and endured in their time in the service. Even if their experience differ from person to person, I think having that space where people feel safe and cared for in such a nurturing and informed way is such a great gift that we can provide to our veterans who have served our country. You know, that's so true. And that's why a lot of VA staff are also veterans. Even though we left the military, it's really a natural fit to want to provide care and be together with others that served and continue to serve. Well, I'm so thankful that you've found your home within the veteran system and that you can continue to service those who have served and are currently serving our country. Hi friends, I want to quickly pause this conversation to speak directly to veteran caregivers listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about the wealth of programs and support services available to veteran caregivers, go to caregiver.va.gov or call the VA Caregiver Support Line at 1-855-260-3274. The Caregiver Support Line is available from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, and from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Once again, the website is caregiver.va.gov, and the Caregiver Support Line phone number is 1-855-260-3274.
3274. And now let's get back to the conversation. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Um, as a professional caregiver myself, what can we uh, be mindful of when working with veterans that may be different than serving our civilian patients and families? Well, veterans, as I shared earlier, are often dealing with multiple comorbidities, including both mental and physical health issues. It's helpful to know a little bit about the veteran you're providing care for and understand possible triggers for that veteran. We don't want to assume what is a trigger for one veteran is the same for another, as each person is unique with their own experiences. Veterans with PTSD may startle easily, may become easily agitated, and may be distrustful. It may take time for them to develop trust, and it's a good idea to never approach from behind or touch without first asking permission. Being able to recognize when a veteran's becoming anxious before a crisis is helpful. Having de-escalation skills is very important with this population. And keep in mind, a veteran may not appear to look like a typical patient. You may not be aware of the physical or mental health limitations of a veteran who appears physically capable. They may be younger, but have cognitive or other neurological issues that would not normally be seen in the civilian sector. Veterans with TBI and memory impairment may be impulsive or forgetful and require supervision, protection, or extensive instruction to be safe. Lastly, being a veteran is very important to most veterans. They may have different experiences and may have some conflicting feelings about those experiences, but at the end of the day, most veterans are proud to have served. It's okay to ask what branch of service they were in and thank them for their service. It's not okay or advisable to ask anything more than that. If the veteran wants to discuss their military experience, it's okay to let them talk, but it's really not advisable to ask leading questions about what they saw or did. As some veterans are triggered, especially at the end of life, when they may be dealing with what we call moral injury. Moral injuries are wartime experiences that violate deeply held moral and spiritual beliefs that can lead to distress. Being aware of these things is helpful when working with veterans. I think that's so important that you acknowledge and recognize their status in the service, but it um, it's helpful to be overly um, cautious and not prodding with questions that could cause any unwanted emotions or reactions. It sounds like allowing the veteran to lead that conversation to a place that they feel comfortable in is key. Exactly. Um, you may be lucky enough in your work with veterans that they trust you to hear some of their experiences when they're ready to share. And that's been one of the most rewarding parts of my career as well. Even as a veteran myself, being able to hear some of the stories of our World War II or Vietnam veterans, or even our newer post 9-11 veterans, it's really such an honor when that happens. If they do start to share, just be prepared to listen. Can you discuss a little bit more um, the importance of addressing the emotional and psychological aspects of caregiving for veterans, as well as their caregivers? Sure. It's really important for anyone caring for veterans to have knowledge, and preferably some training related to PTSD, as this is a prevalent diagnosis for many of our veterans. Besides PTSD, we also see a lot of anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and substance use. VA provides comprehensive mental health treatment for veterans at all stages of life, including end-of-life care, 
If they're unable to come to VA, they can access care by use of video appointments or home visits. VA is also able to provide spiritual and pastoral care to veterans when requested. Veterans also manage, I'm sorry, veterans often manage to live their lives usually quite successfully, but as they age, the mental and physical injuries they incurred may become worse. A veteran may have been able to more or less ignore their PTSD symptoms in the past, but as they age or near the end of life, they may become more symptomatic and need additional support. And again, addressing issues around moral injury at the end of life is critically important. If they're not already, connecting them with mental health or chaplain services is something that should be offered. Within the caregiver support program, our mission is to promote the health and well-being of family caregivers through education, resources, and support. We offer extensive array of supportive services and offer many different modalities for caregivers to meet their specific needs. We offer virtual support groups, individual therapy, educational phone calls, as well as other evidence-based programs such as for instance, Building Better Caregivers, which is an online workshop. We offer our REACH VA program, which interventions target specific support for caregivers of veterans with specific diagnoses such as dementia, spinal cord injury, ALS, dementia, and others. We also offer support um, through our self-care courses, peer support mentoring, and even through text messaging. Uh, through what we call our anti-tech support. These are really just to name a few. I think it's so great to be able to offer support on both sides, both for the veteran, but also for the caregivers. And you've mentioned some really great resources that caregivers um, can engage in as they're uh, providing care to their veteran loved ones. I want to take a moment to just identify, though, that there are a lot of times um, that an individual may be engaging in a caregiver role task and don't actually identify themselves as an actual caregiver. Um, we feel like um, oftentimes we see the folks that are providing significant hands-on care in a home care setting oftentimes do identify as a caregiver, but the folks that are just helping with simple tasks like picking up medications or doing the grocery shopping or calling and checking in on their loved one, you know, once or twice a day, stopping by to check in, those folks who are doing a more, what we consider minimal task, don't identify themselves as a caregiver, but they certainly are shortchanging themselves because they are absolutely a caregiver, just not in a um, robust sense quite yet. Um, we acknowledge that caregivers engage in the caregiver role from start to finish, oftentimes for up to four to maybe even five years. And so um, we wanna encourage people to identify themselves as a caregiver in the early stages and really tap into those um, resources that you have shared um, that are available to caregivers of veterans. Um, do you have any other specific advice or tips that you can offer to caregivers of veterans in our community? So be genuine and respectful in your initial interactions with veterans, especially during the initial visits. Allow time for the veteran to develop trust. They may be initially guarded or mistrustful, but remember, when they were serving, being on guard and judging safety was what likely helped them to survive. So just give time and space. Get to know their preferences. 
For example, I once had a veteran who was a POW in World War II who suffered exposure injuries related to frostbite and he hated to be cold, refused to disrobe for his shower. The aid was great. She found that getting the bathroom shower steamy and the water comfortably warm before asking him to disrobe helped him to cooperate with the bathing process, making things easier for her and the veteran. Develop a relationship with the veteran's family caregiver and include them in treatment planning. They often know the veteran best and can provide you with important information. Some family caregivers may feel ambivalent about having another person help provide care for their veteran. It might be helpful to ask them if they have questions or concerns. Encourage them to engage in self-care and take care of themselves so that they don't burn out. Feel free to suggest they learn more about support available at the VA. You and they can get more information from the VA Caregiver website, which is www.caregiver.va.gov, or you can call the VA Caregiver Support Line at 855-260-3274. Amy, this has been a great discussion and so informative, and we want to thank you for being with us today. Is there anything that you've not touched on yet that you'd like to leave for our listeners with? Yes, thank you, Kat. I'm super excited to share that this year there's a national focus within the VA on respite care. The respite initiative focuses on shifting culture, building relationships, and improving utilization of respite care services within VA. We know our veterans get the care they need, but the need of our caregiver is often overlooked that's why it's so important to promote the health and well-being of caregivers. The fact is, respite is a necessity. Everyone needs a break. We need to consider the impact that the loss of sense of self has on caregivers who struggle to make their own health and well-being a priority. We want to shift culture to promote rest for every caregiver, every day, and respite care is an important tool in helping to achieve this. The types of respite care VA can provide includes in-home respite care, adult day health care, inpatient respite care in a contract nursing home or in a VA community living center, and on some specialty units such as on the special cord injury unit. So we really have a lot to offer. I think it's amazing that you're, uh, you know, touching on that respite and, and self-care piece, because as Hospice of the Piedmont, providing care in the in the community, we absolutely share the importance of pushing self-care and, and utilization of respite services um, for caregivers. And we absolutely um, encourage our own caregivers that we work with in, every day um, to take the time to take care of themselves, even if it's a two-hour stint where they go and do something that kind of refills their cup or they utilize our five-night respite stay under their hospice benefit. Um, we are all the time encouraging folks to really take care of themselves because um, so often people put themselves to the side to engage in care for someone else um, and they don't realize that they're, um, you know, hurting themselves over time. So really keeping on top of folks and encouraging them to utilize those self-care tools um, and resources available, I think is great. Um, Tammy, thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise with us today. And thank you for your excellent work that you do with the VA to support our veteran caregivers in the Piedmont Triad area. 
Absolutely my privilege and thank you for having me. Um, it's really a privilege to collaborate with our community partners such as yourself and we look forward to more opportunities in the future. Thank you, Kat. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the E-Series. Up next, my colleague Jessica Crisp will return for a year in review episode as we revisit some of the most impactful moments from this year's episodes. Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification as each future episode publishes. Until then, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.